Welcome to The Gathering Place, a Blessed is She podcast. We're so glad you're here. Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hey, Jenna. Hey, Beth. Friend, so good to see you. I'm feeling great, Beth. I feel like my voice doesn't sound any different at all. Your voice sounds very different. <laughs> I was just thinking this morning, you have like the cutest sick voice. When I talk to you on the phone, I'm like, oh, little stuffy nose. Sad. Oh my gosh. Can I tell you something hilarious? Yeah. Cecilia, my 10-year-old, always wow. says to me, why is everything about Jesus? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like everything, you know? Yeah. Mike and I are just always like, what does that have to do with the Lord? Why is blessed is she only for women, mom? Because that's what God called me to do. So... I'm going to do what God called me to do. I'm just always asking me in different scenarios. Who do you want to be holding when you die? Jesus. Oh, mom, besides Jesus. Stop. They did not ask you that. (laughs) I don't know why they asked. Anyway, everything is always, mom, what story should I write? You should write a story about Jesus. Mom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what? Everything points back to him. And they're like, well, I want to write about like war. I'm like, well. Where's the Lord in that? Yeah, it's so funny. They get so annoyed. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm giving them a complex where they're going to grow up and be like, I don't want anything to be about Jesus. What if I'm doing that? Oh man. I don't know. Parenting is tricky. It is. It's funny you're bringing this up because I was just thinking about, well, I finished a book, like probably one of the best books I've ever read. It was like so moving. Anyway, at the end, not to give it away, but at the end, she does this beautiful thing where she tells us, the last memory of each of these main characters before they die. Wow. Some of them are very surprising, like what each of these characters like held most deeply and dearly in their hearts that maybe even their siblings didn't know or we didn't even pick up on the significance of that memory throughout the book. And I thought, I wonder what my last moment and last memory. And she ends the book with this line. And yet... We believe in love because we want to believe in it. Because really, what else is there amid all our glorious follies and urges and weaknesses and stumbles? The magic, the hope, the gorgeous idea of it. Because when the lights go out and we sit waiting in the dark, what do our fingers seek? Who do we reach for? Is that the most beautiful thing? So beautiful. And I thought, I wonder when the lights go out, what do my fingers reach for? My rosary. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I just, I wondered like, is the most precious memory going to be something like an encounter with the Lord? Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So it's funny that you're saying that because it is all about Jesus. <laughs> we joke about this all the time. We're like, we're sold out. We're like cuckoo banana land. Yeah. yeah. It's all about the Lord. Even on this vacation, I'm like in this, you know, my favorite place in the whole world. And I'm on the beach, and but there's nothing that compares to being with the Lord. Mm. The most beautiful time of my vacation was in prayer. And that's not to say that all of these other things weren't amazing. They were all refreshing in their own way. But yeah, the most important person, the thing that's the deepest and truest about me is my relationship with the Lord. Agreed. So this past weekend also, you did a live with the Advent writers. Yeah. For our Advent devotional called Maranatha. And Sister Maria Kim is incredible. Yeah. If you haven't listened to her episode, sweet listener, I invite you to go listen to it. It's called The One About Mary. 
And she's just, you know, one of our favorite people. She's amazing. And she shared about how in the book she writes about her conversion story. Basically just says, this is a story that I never tire of telling. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. There's something like eternal to this story. There's something that is so special and transcends time because the Lord does that. And so I just thought it was so beautiful to think about our heart conversions, our moments with the Lord, where He really encounters us for the first time or for a really beautiful time, that we continue to remember that. By telling that story, let Him deepen it for Mm. us. And I know we talk about that, like in prayer, there are things that He wants to do to go deeper. I just thought there was something really special about that first conversion story when she was talking about it. Yeah, I spent a lot of my drive home actually reflecting on sister telling that story and thinking about my own experience of encountering the Lord and the way she described it, like that it was so vivid, it was so real, right? She said it's the like the most real thing that's happened to her. Yes, it was so interesting because that is the exact language I used with my spiritual director on my very first five day. I had this profound encounter with Jesus and Mary and Joseph. And I was like weeping, trying to help him understand the gravity of what the Lord did in that prayer period. And I said, it was so real. It was the most real thing I've ever experienced. And he said to me, because it was real. Mm. He validated like this is that experience of the transcendent, that experience of God is the most real thing about our life on earth. So it was just so beautiful and exciting to hear her explain her encounter with the Lord in the exact same language. Yeah. And so even driving home, I had a, you know, a long trip back from my vacation. I was thinking and praying with that first memory and then even kind of reflecting back on other experiences of hearing the Lord's voice that had that same like tenor, mm. that same depth and transcendence. And to revisit it and to claim it in Mm. a way, not to say like, oh, what was that? Or yeah, that was nice, but really to receive it and to put a stake in the ground and say, this is a moment for me. This scripture that it was connected to, there's more here for me. This is a gold mine for me because the Lord gave it to me. It's so real. I know there are graces to be received from that memory, from that word for the rest of my life. Yeah. You just mentioned a verse. Was there yeah. something with that initial one or a, dif- a different memory where you're like, wow, that's a, that's a verse? And Yeah, I was thinking about one recently where I was praying in the chapel with the Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia in Nashville, just praying and kind of, you know, feeling the Lord out. Like, where are we going? I had some concerns. I was bringing some things to him. And he led me to Jeremiah 18, the potter and the clay. And I read it through and read it again and kind of sat with it, and then was trying just intellectually, like on a human natural level to kind of pull some different things from it, using a lot of my own effort in prayer. Right. You know what I mean? This could mean this, and this could mean this. Yeah. And even like getting a little anxious, like, Mm. oh, are you like, are you smashing me down now back into a, a mound of clay? Or what is the clay going to become? Kind of just thinking about the scripture. He says... The word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, come go down to the potter's house and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house and there he was working at his wheel. 
The vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel as seemed good to him. He reworked it. Okay, so it was spoiled, whatever that means. Like, it was beyond use. It wasn't going to stay that way. I don't know, but he reworked it. So, I mean, smashing is kind of an aggressive word, but you know what I mean. Collapsing, maybe? I just think it's interesting that you think that. When you read that, yeah, how would you have thought about it? I think of it as being molded. I just think that's interesting. Well, very revealing, I think, of like my own fears and, you know, kind of a distrust in what the Lord is doing with my life. Are you going to break me down? Mm, And, you know, yeah. And I remember sort of thinking and reaching and trying to apply these lessons in prayer. I think we all do that. And very vividly, it was probably the closest time I've heard the Lord's voice. It was not audible, but like I felt it and I heard it and I knew it. It's the best way I can think to describe it. Mm. It was like this reverberation in me. The Lord said, you're in my hand. You're in my hand. And I just wept. I mean, it felt like a foundational truth about my life. You're in my hand. And so this weekend on my little trip, I was praying with Jeremiah 18 again. And I remembered that word, you're in my hand. And even saying it to you, I wish I could express to you the sound of the Lord's voice, the finality of it, the security that I felt when the Lord announced that to me. Like it's totally unchanging. This is a truth about my life that I'm in the Lord's hand. And so when I went back to that scripture, just, you know, in a regular morning prayer, I approached it understanding that there was something there for me. Like the Lord has given me this verse to speak something true and lasting over my life. So it's a verse for me that will keep giving and giving and giving. Yeah. Do you have something like that? I mean, all of Mark through 11 is (laughs) my favorite thing ever, Mm -hmm. you know? But yeah, Mark 5 is solid gold. Yeah. Like, you know, I can go back to this. Yeah. I think people forget, like I've had this experience and then they think, okay, I want to have another experience like that. They think they have to like recreate the wheel in a way. Yeah. I describe it as like being a consumer in prayer. Like give me another experience, a new word fresh grace, but we can go back to the thing that always gives us life. And that's not just because we have a preference for it. Mm. It's because the Lord wrote that for us Mm -hmm. and gave that to us and proclaimed that over our lives. And that's what Mark 5 is for you. Yes. So I don't think I've talked about this, but my spiritual director for our first couple of meetings said to me, I want you to just read Psalm 139. Yeah. I do tend to be a consumer in prayer and just, you know, want to like feed off of something and like get a super high and be like, yeah. And so for her to say to me, you're just going to read Psalm 139 until we meet again in like two weeks. And I was like, wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. Two weeks. Well, she said, take your time with it. Tell me when you're done. I think that was probably the kicker for me. Tell me when you're done. So then I was like, Okay, now I feel this pressure, right? Am I supposed to take a day? (laughs) Am I supposed to take seven days? Am I supposed to take 10 days? How long does this holy, amazing spiritual director think I should be in Psalm 139? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So I had nothing to go off of, right? Hmm. Because she didn't say it might take you, probably take you an hour. You know, (laughs) she didn't say that. Right, right. You know, I want to get it right. 
I want to get it right. So really all I had to go off of was the Lord. Mm. Wow. <laughs> That's something. Yeah. You know, so I just read it and it was just a really beautiful exercise to not have clear directions mm. and to just discern, to listen to the Lord, to circle things and be able to have space to sit with one verse for three days. Mm-hmm. And there was no pressure. And it was just so beautiful and totally just annihilated my thinking of, I have to like read the next thing to get mm. the next holy high. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's so good. It was awesome. Was there a takeaway? Was there one, I don't know, verse or theme that came to the forefront for you during that exercise? I mean, that whole chapter is insane, you know? <laughs> yeah. I would probably say you searched me and you know me. There's no part of me that he doesn't know. And I find great comfort in that. Yeah. That he knows things even that I haven't discovered about myself. From then, I've been learning about Ignatius and really what she's trying to invite me into is allowing the Lord into my stories and my past to be able to understand the story that God's writing with my life. Mm -hmm. And so it's very comforting to know that he's searched me and known me in all of those memories and times in my life that I don't remember him being at or don't even know that he was there yet because I haven't thought of them recently. I think there can be a lot of fear when you're like, okay, I'm going to like think about memories where my innocence was taken from me or where I was in a lot of pain or where I suffered. And I just think some of that fear is taken away when we know that God's already seen it all Mm -hmm. and he already knows it all and he was in it all. Does that make sense? Yes. You know when I sit down when I rise up? Also, rise up. That's for me. (laughs) Yeah, there's been a great grace for me in you having a spiritual director. Praise the Lord. Because we talk a lot about what the Lord is saying in prayer and how it went in spiritual direction. We just share those things. And when she gave you this language about God's activity in your life, and she called it a pattern, look back and see how the Lord has moved, how He's spoken, how He's revealed Himself in your life in the past— And then pay attention because God's establishing a pattern. And I think similarly, that's kind of what we're talking about with going back to scripture. If this spoke to you in the past, there's more there. If the Lord used this before, he wants to go deeper with it. Totally. Yeah, it's been beautiful. I agree to think about the ways that the Lord has used people, has used situations that have created a pattern in my life and to really be thankful for that. One of the patterns she talked about was just how Mike moves in my life and Mm. is a great vessel of the Holy Spirit in my life particularly. And so it's just been beautiful to like think about how he has done that and be grateful for it as opposed to, you know, the typical annoyances of being a married couple. You know, and I have (laughs) noticed since then that you have more confidence in Mike, in his prayer and in his discernment about your life together and about blessed is she. And that's been so beautiful. I think looking back and seeing those patterns, there is a confidence there that's established. Totally. And side note, I have a lot more confidence in him as a leader Mm. now. Wow. Yeah, I totally agree. It's been a joy, honestly, Mm. to be able to have confidence in him and believe in what the Lord is doing through him in my life. It's like you've picked up a radio signal and now you're like attuned to it. There's more sensitivity. So true. Yeah. 
I don't know. I like have a deep respect for him that Mm. I, I thought that I respected him before, but I'm like coming to this like realization. It is like a deepening of like love and respect for him simply because she pointed that out to me and I don't have words for it yet. I guess this is the way the Lord works. He gave you a grace in your relationship with Mike. Mike led you to the Lord and now you're, you're acknowledging giving like proper weight to that. And so the grace is being deepened. That's so right on. It's cool to watch. I had a moment like this, which I haven't even shared with you, but I've mentioned like 10 times that I took a little vacation and nothing quite worked out, but I knew I needed a break just with some things going on in my family. Yeah, like a physical break from the everyday. Yeah, I needed a change of scenery, right? a change of pace. Even though I could have like puttered around my little house, it wouldn't have been refreshing. And so even though I didn't really want to go alone, I went to my favorite place on planet Earth, Coronado Island. And as I was standing on the beach, I remembered the first time I went to Coronado Island. I went for one of my best friend's weddings. I had never been there. Really, that was like the first time I fell in love with the ocean. And her wedding was a few months after my niece had died. And I remember being in the water, like my uh, toes in the sand and like picking up seashells and the water washing over me. And I remember feeling the presence of God. And there was something that came back to life that I hadn't even realized had died in me when my niece had died. Prayer wasn't working. I was so sad. And being with the Lord there brought me back to life. And so I knew the Lord was in me being in the water again in not the same situation, but a similar heartache in my family that the Lord had called me back to be with him in the water, in the place where he had previously brought me back to life. So it was really beautiful to realize that that's a pattern for me, that this is a place, a physical place that speaks to me a grace that the Lord wants to deepen. And actually before I'd really been like second guessing, like this is so stupid and expensive and Mm. I don't need to go, you know, really diminishing it. And I remember I was sitting with the Lord having lunch. (laughs) I had like a chair open across from me and I just like knew the Lord was with me and was kind of journaling and praying. And whenever I talk about Coronado Island, I just, I sort of jokingly say like, it's the happiest place on earth for me. And the Lord just put on my heart, he said, I take that very seriously. I know what this place means to you, and I'm going to keep using it. I think these patterns that the Lord has established in our life, they look different ways, right? They're people, they're scriptures, they're songs, right? Yeah. Secular or worship songs. They're physical places where the Lord has shown up before. We don't have to always have something new. Sometimes we have to go back and allow him to deepen the grace that he's already given. Yeah, it's so good. So this book that I read, as I considered like what would be my final memory, I want it to be the Lord. I want my relationship with the Lord to always be the most important thing, the defining thing, the thing that brings me joy. He deserves it. It's who he is. The more I come to know the Lord and encounter him and experience him, the more I'm like, yeah, the more I know him, the more I get a glimpse of who he is, I realize it's just a glimpse. Mm. He actually is everything. And 
even what I feel like we've come so far and I've grown so much and our relationship is deeper now. There's more trust now than there ever has been before. It's still, we're skimming the surface. He is an ocean. He's inexhaustible. And so I want to spend my life on him. Totally. Not to harp on social media. (laughs) (laughs) Like we do. Sorry, guys. I finally removed the apps from my home screen. Yes. It's the best. And I put a 30-minute timer on them. Anyway, and then I added a couple of like Bible apps. This is where I think it's hard to not be a consumer. Mm. If we're so used to consuming on our phones, right, yeah. social media, then when we look at our phones, we're like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like you like literally look at it and you're like, mm, don't know what to do. I already read my Bible verse for the day, but I do want my life to be about him. That's it. So I'm like, what are my options? I could go like clean. I didn't have a book because I was just waiting for Beth's book from the ocean. It's right here. I brought it for you. But I didn't want to get caught in just like consuming like because I also just want to like sit with my one thought that he's trying to tell me about. Yes. Yes, friend. What? And I'm not doing anything. Just sitting with the thought, just staring at the wall. I think there's a natural detox that has to happen. I think what you're going through is very normal. You're not only discovering like my addiction or my attention is on social media. I don't want to just replace it with more scrolling and more consuming. No, You're now coming to the deeper issue, which is why I love that conversation about the root sins. We spend a lot of time thinking and talking about symptoms, sins that that we're kind of always hacking away at, but we've got to get down to the root, right? Mm. I think what you're going through right now is really encouraging. You're getting to the root, which is this distraction and this like loneliness and and longing and you're looking to satisfy it in other ways now you're doing it instead of with social media with other apps but i think as you keep coming back to the one thing the lord has said or the one thing the lord is doing it will grow it's like as you water it it will bloom and the roots will go deeper and they'll spread out and that thing will become more consuming yeah you'll find that you just keep thinking about it that's what I keep seeing that image of the potter's hands around the mound of clay and the clay like slipping between his fingers and like covering his hands or I'll see his apron with these like wet flecks on it. I'm just thinking about it. It's not a conversation. Nothing's really happening. I'm just staying with it. And that takes up more space now. It's not so frantic, right? It's like my soul is taking time to breathe. Yeah. I think you're just detoxing. That's encouraging. Even what you described about like looking back at your story to see the story God is telling with your life. I need some time there. (laughs) Yeah. I want to water that seed. Mm -hmm. I want to look back, not as you described, like going back into the pain and into the wounds, not to be re-injured, but to see the glory, to see that golden thread being woven through all of these experiences for better or for worse and seeing what the Lord is speaking to the world about himself through your life. Yeah. Yeah. And what, like I just said, you're looking at Ignatius's life and seeing ultimately how his spirituality grew from his experiences. Mm. And each of us has our own spirituality, our own relationship with the Lord, that when we take the time to really visit that, We can see where he brings us to life, where his glory shines in our lives. Mm. 
And that's for us. That's specifically for us. And it's a gift that we'll keep on giving. Yeah. Yeah, staying with those graces, allowing the Lord to deepen them. That's a beautiful life. Yeah. Should we pray? Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we love you. You are everything, and we want you to be our everything. Lord, we give you our lives, not only as an act of trust, entrusting our future into your hands, but looking back, Lord, we offer our lives to you, knowing that you are with us always, believing in faith that you We're telling a story with our lives. Give us the grace now. Send us your Holy Spirit to see your hand in our past, to see patterns, words that you've spoken, images that you've given, places and people and scriptures. Would you bring those to the forefront now? Help us to see you in our lives, Lord, because you're already there. Lord, help us to see that golden thread woven throughout all of the experiences, all of the relationships in our lives. Bring something to the forefront of our mind, even now, Lord, even As we listen to this podcast, God, would you bring a memory, a book, a person to our minds? Help us to hear your voice anew, to receive that grace afresh. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Beth. Jenna, it was a joy. Truly. So for this Advent season, we are diving into the story of our Savior. Yeah, we are. And you get to read Sister Maria Kim's sweet conversion story. Yes, please. (laughs) And we want to invite you to journey with us. So go grab Maranatha, the story of our Savior, over on our website. Come, Lord Jesus.